To introduce the message today, I, it's, it's, it's maybe a strange way to start a Christmas message, but do you like follow-up questions? Where someone tries to, to get, like for instance, uh, I, I'm kind of a Neanderthal. You know, you give me a cookie, I eat the cookie. You say, how was it? I'll say, it was good. What kind of cookie was it? It was a good cookie. <laughs> right? Someone else is saying, oh, where did you get the this spice or the that spice or these ingredients? And it's like, I, I don't, I just eat the cookie and I like it. It's, 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 I, I remember once uh, at the, they did the blood draw at the high school here, and uh, there were these ladies sitting at a table, and afterwards you're supposed to eat something and drink something, and I, I went and I sat down, and I, there was some kind of a Newton there, and I picked it up, and I ate the Newton and drank something, and one lady says, oh, what kind was that? I was trying to decide if I wanted it, and I looked at her, <laughs> and I'm going, uh, yeah, that's, I, that's what I said. I said, well, it was good. She says, well, what flavor was it? I don't know. <laughs> I just ate it. You know, uh, I don't like fo so follow-up questions don't work for me because I don't pay enough attention to details, and, and and the details don't work. They drive me crazy. So imagine imagine this: someone walks up with a plate of assorted cookies, right, and offers you one, and you look at it and you say, mm, "I'll take the Snickerdoodle." Yeah. So you take the Snickerdoodle, and then someone says, oh, really? Because, you know, the plate has all sorts, you know, Christmas plates. They come out, and they've got all those different cookies. And they say, well, why'd you take the Snickerdoodle? Because I like Snickerdoodles. Well, what is it you like about a Snickerdoodle? Uh, the flavor. But don't you like the flavor of this? But, and, and, and I say this just in case you're one of those people who asks all those questions. Please, <laughs> I just grabbed a snickerdoodle, you know, it's, that's me, you know, I, I, I don't go that way, I, I follow up questions drive me nuts, it's like, my, my, I just like the taste, please don't ever offer me a cookie again, you know, leave me alone, uh, sometimes I think if you overanalyze something, you take the joy out of it, okay, Christmas, <laughs> why are we happy at Christmas? It's like, well, you know, we can come down with a boatload of lists, a boatload of reasons, but I think by the time we're done, we would be so bored with analyzing Christmas that we just wish it was over. And so when we talk about Christmas joy, I mean, when you think about it, what, what is it? I'm not, I'm not asking you to answer, <laughs> but, but I made a list of things people love about Christmas, right? Family, food. Presence, traditions, singing, celebrating the birth of Christ, right? All sorts. And we can go, well, which one do you like best? I don't have to like one best. You know, I like the whole thing. It's like one really good cookie, right? If we think about it too much, it's, we're going to start prioritizing and postulating and design, specifying. And, and before long, Christmas isn't even any fun. And, 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 and Christmas, I don't know if fun is the right, right word, but today we're going to look at rejoicing uh, with, with Christmas. Rejoicing with Christmas as we look at the Christmas story found in the Bible. We're going to start with Luke. Matthew and Luke are the two Gospels that tell us the Christmas story. We're starting with Luke because Luke starts first. Matthew comes first, Luke starts first. Well, actually, Matthew starts with Adam, but uh, as far as telling the Christmas story, it starts with the, the angel coming to... to uh, the baby Jesus, I mean, to, to Mary about the baby Jesus. And we're going to start before Jesus is born. 
Uh, after the angel has come and told Mary, the angel comes, he doesn't tell Mary great joy, he tells her, don't be afraid, but, but Mary is, is expecting the child. I don't know if anybody yet knows she's expecting the child besides herself, but she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is going to be the mother of John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist is also not born yet. Figure about six months, maybe three months older than Jesus, somewhere in there. I don't know why I'm working in trimesters. Uh, I guess because it, verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee. That's chapter 1, verse 26. But we're picking up at verse 39. In those days, so Mary has already told the angel, yes, or she's the angel of the Lord, Gabriel. She's already told Gabriel, yes, I will have this baby and, and uh, do as you say. Right? Uh, so in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. So it makes sense. She went quickly. The angel told her, by the way, Elizabeth is expecting. And Mary with haste goes there. It's like she needs somebody who understands. Because there's nobody going to understand what's going on with her. Maybe Elizabeth is the closest thing she can get. Uh, Elizabeth is, is having a miracle baby too. And, and so she goes to get there. She enters the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to stop there before we get into what Elizabeth said, because that's not where I want to go. I want to stick with the baby for a minute. The baby leaped in her womb. Now, you could argue the baby wasn't leaping for joy. You know, maybe Elizabeth ate something spicy the night before and the baby's just kicking. Because babies do that, right? They, they do just kick. But, but, and I'd have to acknowledge, yes, babies do just kick. Obviously, every mom knows that babies kick. But this leap came immediately when Mary came in and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, recognized this is the mother of my Lord and, and the baby kicks. And I, 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 I don't have much doubt that ba the ba pre-born baby, John the Baptist, was leaping for joy because that's what babies do. They leap for joy. Before they know how to jump, they kick. When they get excited and happy, those little legs just go like pistons, you know, and, and they're, they're going like crazy. We went for Judah's second birthday. We took, took the kids to uh, the aquarium at Northtown. I can't think of what it's called, but we took them there. And it was fun. They were having fun and all this stuff. But if you haven't been there, every so often they bring out the pirates and the pirates do a show. Right. And so we're all sitting there on the floor to watch the show. And Judah's sitting on my lap. And the, the music comes on. It's some kind of happy pirate dancing music. I don't know what it was. And Judah kept trying to get out of my lap. And I thought, you, you rotten little snot, stay where I have you. And <laughs> I didn't want him running all over. But, but I looked at his face. He was not angry. He was not rebellious. He was just excited. And I let him go. And he just started jumping with the music. And he, I mean, he was he, he was, he would not, he was happy, right? He, that's what babies do when they're happy. They jump. This baby leaps for joy. They don't have a lot of sophistication. You know, they're not going to say, my, I find that rather enjoyable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're going to jump, and that's what they do. And, I, and that's what the ba pre-born baby John the Baptist did. Now, as I say this, you can go, well, wait a minute. He's not even born yet. He doesn't understand anything. And that's exactly why I like this passage. He didn't understand. He had, he, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Johnny's a miracle baby. Maybe he did. Maybe in his little miracle preborn baby mind, he thought, oh my goodness, 
the, the, the mother of my Lord is near. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think so. I think the Holy Spirit filled this baby with joy as, as the preborn Jesus, as the preborn John the Baptist met the preborn Jesus, and he was excited and he leaped for joy. I think that's just what he did. I, I, think, I think the normal baby rules apply. I don't think there was some thought process running through his mind. Babies don't have the greatest cognitive skills, right? They don't have a lot of experience at seeing things and understanding things and reasoning whatever. You know, they don't have any of those things, but they do know when they're happy. And they do know when they're sad and they know when they're hungry. <laughs> I wish they knew when they were messy, but <laughs> that's, you know, maybe asking for too much. Uh, I think he felt joy and he jumped. And he didn't waste time analyzing it. He just reacted with joy. And, and when, when the kids are up here singing for Christmas and, and we like it, well, what do you like about it? Should we analyze that? It doesn't actually make a lot of sense, <laughs> but we do. We love it when they're up here. We love it when they sing. We love to have their little voices. We love to have that one or two that are doing their own thing, you know. <laughs> Sorry, moms and dads. We know you're embarrassed, <laughs> but the rest of us are, are laughing and having fun. So, so that's just the way it is. Uh, we, so, so we have the, the rejoicing with John the Baptist. We move on a little more, and we have rejoicing with the shepherds and the angels. Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 to 20. And in the same, so this is a kind of a longer passage, so bear with me. I'm going to read the whole thing. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So first emotion is not joy, it's fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Don't be afraid, this is a joyful thing. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them and into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in their heart, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And so we have the rejoicing with the shepherds and angels. And it's interesting that the first time we find the word joy is with the angels saying it. Uh, verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, the question is, is the angel merely saying this will be joyful for you? Or is he also saying, I'm feeling joy as well? Because I kind of think the angels also felt joy at this time. Uh, I, I, think, I think the angels rejoice. Angels care about people. This, these angels, I mean, by definition, at this point, we have a distinction between good angels and bad angels. And when they're not good angels, we don't call them angels, right? We call them demons or fallen angels or something like that. But the good angels are simply called angels, and they're on our side. More than that, they love God, and because God loves us, they love us, and they want to take care of us. And, and these angels, it, it says in 1 Peter, uh, talking about prophecy, things into which even angels long to look. They're also excited to see what's going on and how this is playing out. And they know the book, I'm pretty sure they do, but the book hadn't been written yet. And the angels are seeing this unfold, and I think they are feeling great joy probably more than the shepherds did. And not only that, I get to be part of this, well, we call it a choir. It says they said, 
doesn't say they sang. I, we could just, you know, let's keep it at singing, okay? <laughs> because it just feels better to us. Uh, they, 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 it makes sense that the joy he shares, that when he says, this is great news of good joy for you, there was also good joy for him, that he felt the joy himself as he's doing this. And uh, we don't see the word joy itself actually attached to the shepherds in this story, except for the angels saying it's good news of great joy. But we do see some things. We see that they went in haste. You ever gone to something that you dread to go to? How many of you have gone in haste to the dentist? <laughs> yes, it's not something we go in haste to. Now, have you gone in haste to a football game? Have you gone in haste to, I don't know, a party? Have you gone in, I mean, there's all sorts of things we go in haste to, and those are the things we don't go in haste to. And there's a lot of thought in the motivation. I mean, sometimes it's just simply the pressure of the clock that says, oh, I better hurry. But there's also things where we just go fast because we want to. Or have you ever looked, you know, been, in, been eager to get somewhere, and you look down at the speedometer, and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> and the first thing you do, you look at the mirror, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen that often with something you don't want to do, right? They went in haste. They told people. Like, look at verse 18. Uh, it says, uh, and all who heard it, so verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the, the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. So who are all? Who are all, all who heard it? Who, they said, they told everyone there. Does that mean they told Mary and Joseph? They told each other? I mean, is that everybody that's there? Or did they go out and as they went out, they told people? Right? Did they tell more people than were just in that little... I mean, they could tell people in the little group. Mary and Joseph would be interested to hear. By the way, an angel showed up and told us what was going on here. I mean, they would love to hear that. I mean, it only makes sense they would. But, but somehow I have this vision. This, I, I envision this as... The, they told a lot more people than just these ones. Although even though they just told them, we really don't know. But whoever all was, they told all. They told everybody what they had seen. And they went home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it wasn't ritual praise. It was spontaneous praise. This wasn't some Gregorian chant. You know, as the shepherds walk back, one looks at the other and says, Praise God in the highest. The other one looks back and says, Amen. <laughs> I mean, can you, can you imagine possibly something formal about what they're doing? This is, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with formal praise, but there's something awesome about spontaneous praise. And one of the things about spontaneous praise is the emotion of joy that goes with it. Spontaneous praise is joyful praise. And these guys are spontaneously... In fact, you know what I think? It, 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 being that these are shepherds, I think if they were singing their praise, it had kind of a country-western feel to it, right? <laughs> kind of a, a redneck praise is, is, is what we have going on here. It was spontaneous. It was joyful. Imagine yourself in their shoes for, for just a minute, or their sandals, or their boots, whatever you want to call it. Uh, imagine yourself in the minute. You've heard all that they've heard, and you've seen all that they've seen. You, you, you've witnessed these things. What is going through you at this moment? Can you imagine even trying to, to contain? Are tears running down your face as you sing praises to God over what you've just seen and experienced? Angels show up, say, unto you in the city of David is a shepherd, or in a stable is, a, is, a, is the, born the Savior. And you go down to the, to the city of ba David, and you are wrapped in swaddling cloths, and you find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, newborn, maybe an hour old, maybe two hours old, maybe he was 12 hours old, I don't know. But he wasn't a day old. 
and you go down there and you find this baby and you find the parents and you talk to them and you, you, everything is confirmed and you're just overwhelmed with all this and you're walking home or whatever you're doing on your way home, because I don't know if you're even walking at that point. <laughs> it's like, how, what, how, you know the song I can only imagine? You could rewrite that song for this moment. <laughs> I can only imagine what was going through these guys' minds. I, re, I, re, I was rewriting it this week as I did it, and I thought, I'm not singing that. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But, but I can just imagine incredible joy going with everything else as these people are going back. And I don't think they sat, sat around and said, well, what part did you like best? <laughs> Maybe they did later on. Maybe at some point they, they were talking about, you know, I love the angels. Oh, man, when I saw that baby. You know, another one says, when I looked at, at Mama's face and, and saw, or, or man, I sure understood Joseph and the fear I saw in, in his eyes, right? Because that would be a terrifying thing to be Joseph. I'm thinking of all the jobs on the planet that I don't want. I don't want to be Joseph, right, to raise God's baby. But, but uh, all those things, did they analyze them? I don't think they analyzed them, at least not at that moment. Later on, they may have. I mean, that would be a great study <laughs> uh, to talk to those guys and figure out what all they did. But, but at the moment, they just felt the emotions, right? And the emotion, you know, emo I'm not saying you can't analyze. In fact, we're going to look at some analyzing of emotions later on. But, but you don't have to. Because we move on to Anna and Simeon. Simeon chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. When Jesus was eight days old, they took him to the temple to present him at the temple. It was a part of what they did. They brought in two doves, which is the poor person's offering, as an offering for, for, for a son. And they brought them in, and while they're there, they meet these people. Simeon uh, chapter 2, verse 25. Uh, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and, by, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the tent, in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And he, he takes this baby in his arms and he says, now I can die. It's, it's not like, oh no, now I'm afraid. <laughs> I might die now. He's, now, Lord, I can die. I have seen everything I wanted to see. There's, this is the, the fulfillment of my life, the culmination of everything I've been waiting for. Now I can die, right? What emotions are his? Uh, 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 it just, it's powerful. And then we move on to Anna, verses 36 to 38. I'm just going to read this little part of it. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And, and while we, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but she began to give thanks and speak of him. And, and just the giving thanks. These two, if they... If anyone knew exactly why they were praising God, right? These are the two who, who, because they had been waiting for this moment, because they recognized Jesus for who he was, they knew why they were praising God. It wasn't just, I think, the sudden flood of emotions that maybe the others had. They had been watching and waiting for the Savior. Their response is well thought out, and it's appropriate. Uh, and it's, but it's not, I, I think that's also important. It's not a contradiction to joy, 
uh, is not a contradiction to know exactly why. And I don't see why we can't have more because of it. But the joy is there whether you can explain it or not. Because you just feel it. Why do we love babies? And, and uh, so I'm, I'm, it's like I'm scared to ask. I'm afraid some of you moms are going to scratch my eyes out just for asking. <laughs> but, but it's like, why do we? I don't know. I just know we do. Why do you like vanilla ice cream or Rocky Road ice cream or Spumoni? <laughs> or not? Because <laughs> it's the same question. It just is, right? Uh, and then we, let's go back to the wise men now. Uh, the wise men in Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. And once again, we're going to read uh, the whole story. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen, be seen when it rose went before them. And it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed but to their own country by another way. And I like that verse 10. They rejoiced when they saw the star. It doesn't say they rejoiced when they saw the child. They rejoiced when they saw the star. It's interesting because uh, of all the things where we don't see them rejoicing. They didn't rejoice when they got to Jerusalem. Right? I'm thinking, if I'm looking for the king of the Jews, I've come from afar in the east, and, and I, <laughs> it makes me think of a joke, so I won't tell it now. <laughs> I came from afar. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, they came from afar, they came from the east, and, and they get to Jerusalem. I'm thinking Jerusalem's the answer. I think I might start rejoicing when I got to Jerusalem, but turns out that would have been premature. Right? Uh, they come along, and they... they uh, get invited up to the king's house. He wants to talk to them. That might be time to start rejoicing. They don't know. I mean, they don't know. It's, it's obvious how much they don't know by the questions they ask when they get there. And, and, and you would think, you're looking for the newborn king. You're invited up to the king's palace. That might be the, the solution. And, but we don't find them rejoicing then. And then they meet with Herod, and they talk with him, and he calls his wise men, and they say, oh, it's in Bethlehem in Judea. Well, they just got the answer they wanted. Is that not time to rejoice? But they don't rejoice then either. But when they go out and we find the star apparently had been obscured, you know, either clouds had covered it or maybe God just turned it off for a while, right? Uh, we don't know much about this star. We can't prove it. You can read things where they say, we know the star. They don't know. They're, they're, it's guesswork. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's now they see the star and it's confirmation to them that their journey is not wasted. 
they, their journey will be rewarded. And, and all those other things, there was something wrong about them. Right? There was, these are wise men. They're, they're not just wise men in name. They're actually wise men. <laughs> and and it, it wouldn't take long for a wise man to feel like something's not right in Jerusalem. This, this is not the way it ought to be. Something's fishy here. And, and uh, so, so, so they, when they come out and they get this confirmation, then they are excited. The star is confirmation of, of their, their uh, um, mission. So, so what did rejoicing uh, exceedingly look like for wise men? What does it look like when wise men rejoice exceedingly? Yeah, that, that works. I don't think they were high-fiving. You know, I picture, I picture, you know, uh, uh, was it a month ago when the Seahawks played the 49ers on Monday Night Football, and many of us were in here watching it, and, and when, when the Seahawks won, okay, that was exciting, that was rejoicing with, ex- what's the word? <laughs> uh, let's see, they uh, rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, all of us except uh, Holly, who picked the Vikings. <laughs> Shame on you, Holly. <laughs> uh, all of us except Holly because she picked, you know, was that, was that rejoicing with exceeding, did they start yelling? Did they start cheering? Yeah, I mean, because there were probably a lot more than three of them, right? There was probably a whole bunch of them. I can just see, see you know, you got, picture you got 20 guys, camels, horses, donkeys, whatever it is they're, they're doing, and one of them says, hey, it's back. And all of them see it, and they start rejoicing with exceeding great joy. And whatever it looks like when wise men rejoice, that's what happens there. That's what's going on. And they may have just looked up and said, hey, yeah, the star's back. And maybe because they're wise, that's journey. But try this. You're on a long journey to accomplish something important. Meet some long-lost relative that you've been wanting to meet for decades. And you have his address and his cell phone number, all his contact information on your phone. And you've just traveled to Alabama <laughs> or Louisiana or you know, one of those states down there. And, and uh, as you're getting there, as you, you're, you're, you're within like 30 miles and uh, you get in a car wreck, nothing's hurt except your phone. It's totaled. And now you have no contact information whatsoever. Now this journey was important to you. You spent a lot of money. You spent a lot of time. You just lost any hope of contacting this person that you had. You, you may not even know the correct spelling of the last name. Right? It's, it's just you. And, and then, uh, what do you know? The tow truck driver <laughs> is him. Right? <laughs> it's like, wow, it's exciting. You, know, you have the, the, the sense of lostness and then you have the sense of Reward and blessing. Except it falls. I think it falls far short. I don't know if we can come up with a, a correlation that compares what they would have had. And then when they get to the house, it seems a little bit more subdued. And all the others, it seems seems more spontaneous. But for these guys, this was long anticipated. It was it was something. I mean, these guys have made this journey that's probably taken months. Probably took a lot of planning. It certainly cost a lot of money. They had big intentions as they went through this whole trip and everything to get there. It's, it's not going to be spontaneous, except I think it was. Because I don't think they were prepared for what they'd find. And, and you know, we figure Jesus was as much as two years old because Herod went and killed the two-year-old babies 
two year old, years old and below. I think he was probably younger than that, and Herod gave himself a big buffer because Herod was just that evil. Uh, but, but, I mean, you walk in, you see a little baby boy probably acting like a normal baby boy, right? To the person who didn't know what he was looking at, it probably didn't look like he was looking at much. Probably didn't seem very impressive, yet I think these men were completely overcome by the moment. It says they fell down and worshipped him. It doesn't say they knelt. It doesn't say they took a worshipful pose. It says they fell down and worshipped him. I think they were overcome with emotion. I think they were overcome with this sense of praise. How do you prepare yourself for something like that? It's like, yeah, and again, go back to that song, I Can Only Imagine. We can say, well, here's what I think happened, but, you know, there are lots of things that we think we know how we're going to respond, and then we're put in the moment. And it's not, how many of you, your marriage was like that? Your wedding, right? I, I, I think of, I think of, I've probably told this story again. I had a groom once. Had a tear run down his nose. And it hung there. Forever. <laughs> and I was so tempted to just reach over and go, <laughs> it was so distracting. He wasn't prepared. I mean, this guy, he'd been engaged for I don't know how long. They'd gone through premarital counseling. They, 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 they did the wedding rehearsal. They did all these things. But in the moment, this monster tear came down and hung there, and none of us knew what to do about it, right? You can't prepare for some things. You can't prepare for some things. You can think you're prepared. You can try to prepare. You just can't do it. This is the joy of the wise men. And it, I don't think it was any less joyful because it was intelligent. I don't think it was any less joyful because they knew exactly what they were worshiping. Christmas is Wednesday, right? Wednesday, rejoice. Rejoice. Don't, you know, we, we follow, here's, here's what kind of spurs this whole thing on us, is sometimes we feel like uh, we have to be holy, or if we're not holy, we're not doing it right. I want to say there's not a contradiction between holiness and joy. Rejo joy is one, is, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right? Joy is right there at the start. And, and, and if I'm right, I think it means it's, it's love, colon, and here's all the ways love is expressed. And joy is the first one, not the second one. Joy is, an, is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is part of what we are supposed to experience at this time of the year. And don't, don't cheat yourself out of that uh, with a sense of holiness. I'm not saying don't be holy. You know, read the Christmas story. Pray. Do something like that. But eat a lot of food, too. <laughs> Rejoice. Celebrate, uh, because that's the right thing to do. This, the, the, the shepherds celebrated. John the Baptist celebrated. And he was just three months old, or whatever. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth celebrated. The wise men celebrated. The, uh, the angels celebrated. Simeon celebrated. Anna celebrated. Celebrate Christmas. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the tremendous gift you have given us because you loved us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lord God, we praise you for the tremendous gift you have given us. We thank you for loving us so much. We praise you in Jesus' name.